Today on Government Matters, big questions about the future of the Civil Service Corps. The acting director of the Office of Personnel Management will answer them. What will getting back to the office look like in the federal government? And when could it happen? Michael Regas will tell you. And what's next when the virus is over and that workforce comes back? Our power panel has a preview. Government Matters starts right now. From Washington, D.C. and around the world, this is Government Matters with Francis Rose. Thanks for watching the weekend edition of Government Matters, the only show covering the latest news, trends, and topics that matter to the business of government. I'm your host, Francis Rose. The guiding principle of the Civil Service Corps is the system that selects people on their merits, not on their political affiliations. Questions emerged this week about the commitment of the leader of the federal government's human capital operation has to the merit system and the legislation that made it law. Michael Regas is acting director of the Office of Personnel Management and acting deputy director of the Office of Management and Budget. Mike, thanks very much for coming on the program. It's great to see you. Buried in a story in Politico last week is a passage that gets to the very heart of the job that you have right now to manage the merit system. The story says, Regas has told colleagues that he questions the constitutionality of the 1883 Pendleton Act, which codifies using merit to pick government officials and believes that all executive branch employees should be political appointees according to a person who has discussed the matter with him. Mike, is that true? You understand the gravity of that coming from the person who's running the Office of Personnel Management today. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, Francis. Well, first of all, good morning, and thank you for having me on your show. It's good to be with you again. Uh, to that question, uh, all I can say is it's really unfortunate that was reported uh, because I didn't say that, and I certainly don't believe that. Uh, what I do believe in is merit systems principles and the civil service. I think both are critical for our success as a government and our ability to serve the American people. What I'm focused on is policies that drive merit-based decisions and continuing the focus on the president's management agenda, which has helped improve the functions of the federal government as we've seen firsthand in our response to COVID-19, things like workplace flexibilities and IT modernization that we've done as part of the president's management agenda over the last three years that have made possible uh, what we've been able to do now in response to this crisis. Do you have a specific agenda as the acting director of OPM, Mike, to make sure that people can see through the work that you do that you are committed to the merit system? Or are you pretty much just going to let your work speak for itself? Sure. I think, you know, one of the things we've really been focused on here uh, most recently now is, I mean, we are all uh, focused on helping the federal government respond to COVID-19. Uh, I think our work for the last three years speaks for itself. Uh, we've been focused on uh, the president's management agenda and on improving uh, the federal government's ability to apply merit systems principles. And I think you've seen on some of the previous uh, occasions I've had the opportunity to speak on your show, uh, the focus that we've had on bringing accountability to the federal government and to the federal workforce Federal employees themselves say in the Federal Employee Viewpoint Survey, which uh, is conducted every year, that they don't think the federal government does a good enough job on merit systems principles, that poor performers are not dealt with, uh, that it's hard to uh, attract and retain high performers, and we need to improve how we hire and retain federal employees and how we deal with poor performers. And uh, 
you know, that's what we've been focused on and will continue to be focused on. What's your vision for the role that the Office of Personnel Management should play during the coronavirus response and now recovery mode to make sure that when employees come back to work, they have the resources that they need to be able to do so safely and comfortably? Yeah. Thank you, Francis. So OPM's role is really to support federal agencies in carrying out the missions that they're uh, executing on behalf of the federal government and in service to the American people, and to make sure that agencies, management, and uh, employees have the tools they need to be able to effectively carry out their missions. We have an incredibly broad and diverse federal workforce and federal missions. Our, our missions are carried out from sea to shining sea in this country and indeed internationally and every agency and every mission is different every workforce is different every work location is different and our job is to make sure that agency managers have the tools they need to be able to effectively serve the American people what do we know about the telework numbers a lot was made at the beginning of this would agencies be prepared to telework would their people be prepared to telework there were some uh, bumps in the road at the very beginning, but those struck me as more triage uh, situations yep. than structural uh, problems. What are you seeing today, and what does that foretell, do you think, for the future of telework across government? Yeah, I think one of the most impressive uh, things that's happened, one of the biggest successes, is our effort to transition to maximum telework nationwide. Nothing like this had ever been done before. Um, and it's truly an impressive effort given the complexities of the federal workforce and its mission. But thanks to bold leadership from the president, we were able to move the entire federal workforce to this posture quickly and effectively. And under the president's leadership, the federal workforce was able to do something that had never been done before. And we see now at many agencies, about 90% of their workforces are teleworking. And as we look toward uh, the return to normal, agency leaders have the tools and guidance they need to be able to uh, make the right decisions in the right locations about how uh, their workforce should come back to work. We just have about a minute left in this part of our conversation, Mike. Do you have a number? Do you know a number approximately across the scope of the federal government, how many people are working remotely? It really it varies from agency to agency, uh, and that's something we can certainly do a sort of data call um, on after this is over. But one of the things we've been very careful about during this time is uh, trying to avoid burdening agencies with uh, data calls to OPM to tell us um, information like that, and been focusing instead on uh, getting in, getting them the flexibilities they need, like direct hire authority and uh, retention incentives and dual compensation waivers that we need to provide to them, to be of service to them to get their missions done, rather than sort of taxing their uh, human capital departments for them to uh, give us data like that, which is important, and we'll get to it, but I think that is something we'll, we'll assess after the crisis is over. I want to continue on what this looks like post-corona, Mike. You're watching ABC7. Welcome back. The leaders of Maryland, Virginia, and the District of Columbia are asking the federal government to respect their reopening plans when the government starts to bring people back to work. Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland, Governor Ralph Northam of Virginia, and Mayor Muriel Bowser of the district 
write in a letter to the head of the Office of Personnel Management that they want the federal government to keep telework policies in place that are, quote, reflective of our own local operating statuses. Those leaders addressed that letter to Michael Regas, the acting director of the Office of Personnel Management and the acting deputy director for management at the Office of Management and Budget. Mike, what's your response to that letter from the governors of Maryland, Virginia and Mayor Bowser? Sure, thank you. Um, so Francis, as you know, OPM and OMB put out guidance to support agencies transitioning to normal operations in line with the guidelines to open up America again. That guidance was actually put out uh, several days before we received that letter, but actually addresses their concerns. Uh, so what we're creating in that guidance is a decision matrix in which several variables must be considered, including state and local conditions of a particular area. So in this case, the uh, DC, Virginia, Maryland area, uh, but also agencies are required to take into condition to consideration agency missions uh, and the broad options available to federal agency managers to manage their workforce. Uh, and against that backdrop, federal agency managers uh, should consider their unique mission requirements and workforce composition in making specific determinations uh, concerning whether to bring back specific employees into the office uh, from telework. Is it possible, though, Mike, that there will be confusion at, for example, an agency that has offices in the district and has offices in Maryland or has offices in Maryland and offices in Pennsylvania or something like that, mm -hmm. where an employee's not sure what applies to him or her, where an employee lives in Maryland but an office is in another jurisdiction, and she's not sure which yeah. restrictions yeah. and which rules and which policies apply to her? Right. So, yeah, our guidance uh, makes clear to agency leadership to take into consideration uh, com commuting distances uh, for employees. So if they're crossing from one region to another, um, usually these uh, in, in the metropolitan regional areas are that are covered through OPM cover these sort of general areas. So if you look at like the GS a scale, it covers the D.C., Virginia, Maryland area. Uh, so. The guidance will be, um, allows agency leaders to make specific determinations based on local conditions. So if uh, it, it will be determined by the, both the work location and will take into consideration if employees are coming from outside that location where local conditions may vary from the actual duty station. So to pr pursue that for a moment though, if you use for example the DC locality, that actually covers I think five different jurisdictions because there's a little piece mm -hmm. of South Central Pennsylvania that is included there too. And so right. th this could wind up being maybe pretty complicated for the employee to understand. It strikes me that rather than one big wave or one big method of coming back, it's going to be maybe not even agency specific, it's going to be unit specific, or in some cases, maybe even employee specific. Am I reading that right, Mike? I, yeah, I think you are, Francis. Um, so, the, so we try to put the decision-making ability uh, into agency leadership hands and then into their management hands uh, because they know their workforce best, they know their mission best, and they know their work locations best. So trying to give sort of a one-size-fits-all sort of uh, directive from OPM, we think would actually cause more confusion. Uh, and so to minimize that, we want to make the decision-making power 
uh, it, put it into the hands of the people who have the most accurate information about each location. All right, post-corona, Mike, how should agencies start to think differently about their workplaces and the way they do the work when offices start to open up again? Well, I think, you know, as I mentioned earlier, um, agency, the workforce in the federal government is incredibly broad and diverse, and uh, our missions are incredibly broad and diverse, and I think uh, agencies will be able to uh, take stock of how the maximum telework uh, worked for their agencies and what uh, adjustments they may want to make. But I think, again, we, those decisions will be uh, left to agency leadership to make because they know their missions best, they know their workforces best, and uh, are in the best position to execute on their mission and service to the American people. And our role at OPM is to do everything we can to be by their side and give them the tools and resources and flexibilities they need to be able to execute on their mission. Just about a minute and a half left, Mike. You said earlier that you don't you want to minimize the number of data calls you're asking agencies for now, and that makes perfect sense. What are you going to ask them? What do you want in the after action report at some point in time after agencies are back to work and we get back to as close to normal as possible after this? What do you want to know to bake in lessons learned for the future? Well, I think uh, there's going to be time for that when the crisis has passed. I think there is a lot of um, processes and procedures that we have developed uh, that I think have worked incredibly well in service to uh, eight different agencies and helping them execute on their missions. Um, and we can learn from those uh, and see what we can do next time a, a crisis uh, like this arises. Um, you know, we have um, helped, you know, like for instance, the Army Corps of Engineers, we've helped them hire engineers to build temporary hospitals with, uh, by, by allowing them to have new workplace flexibilities. We've helped FEMA be able to hire epidemiologists and uh, folks who uh, handle biomedical equipment um, and help the Veterans Health Administration bring in nurses, clinical pharmacists, uh, and more. And this has been a great experience uh, to see just how dedicated the federal workforce is and the OPM workforce in particular in support of agencies carrying out their mission. So uh, we can, I think, take a, a look at um, just how well we have performed and what we can do to sort of institutionalize the best practices we've implemented during this time. Michael Regas, thank you very much for joining me this morning. It's great to have you on the program. Thank you, Francis. Great to be with you again. Up next, what reopening the federal government could look like. Straight ahead on Government Matters, our all-star panel on what's happening now and what's coming next. The Federal Beat is right after the break. The openings of federal agencies will happen gradually, and you just heard the acting director of OPM, Mike Regas, say that federal workers could walk back into offices that look different and operate differently than the ones they left in March. Nicola Grisco is workforce and personnel reporter at Federal News Network. Tom Shoup is executive vice president and editor-in-chief of Government Executive, and Leah Russell is a staff writer and associate editor at FCW. Nicole, you first. What's your takeaway from what you heard from Mike Regas a moment ago? Well, I think my takeaway is that it's going to be really difficult. Um, it's going to be difficult to make decisions about when and how and who 
should come into the office. Um, and I think the other piece of it is that it's really going to be scattered. It might depend on what kind of job you do and where you work and honestly what your supervisor or manager says. Tom, what's your takeaway from what Mike Regas talked about? I think what was interesting to me, or many things that were interesting, uh, one of them was that they don't really have a handle on exactly how many people are teleworking right now. Um, so I think, you know, the after action report will be interesting to see. And I think you'll see some other agencies, GAO, for example, taking a look at that, at how many people were actually teleworking during this time. Leah, what did you hear in the conversation with Mike that jumped out at you? I would say that I think part of what will happen is that the, like Nicole said, the response coming back will be pretty scattered. Um, OPM does not have the authority to mandate any policies for agencies, and I think that a lot of this will be left up to the agencies themselves. And so, um, as we've seen, the responses have been pretty varied, and I think it'll be a very scattered um, and confusing time. Nicole, you wrote recently about the employees who may be hesitant to come back to work. I think there's an assumption that everybody wants to get back to whatever normal used to be, and your reporting points out that's not correct. There are a number of employees that are anywhere from hesitant to fearful to actually being around their colleagues. Maybe they're in some of the high-risk categories. What's your sense, based on what you just heard, about how it might work for those employees who aren't sure they're going to have PPE and aren't sure that they're going to be safe to go back to work? Yeah, I think there's a lot of unknowns at this point, especially when you think about how the federal office has changed in the past five to 10 years. I mean, before there were more offices, cubicles, walls in between you and your coworkers. Today, that's not necessarily the case. I think federal employees, some of them anyway, they might be sharing desks, they might be sharing equipment. And so it's difficult to know if agencies have the cleaning equipment to wipe down those spaces when different employees come in, uh, what that'll look like, what social distancing will look like. There was some mention of closing common areas uh, at some of the office spaces. And so there's just, I think, a lot of unanswered questions at this point. And for the employees, if you think about their perception, their senior leaders and their managers, they don't always trust them, I think, to make the right decision for them. Tom, you've been publishing a lot about what Congress is looking at as far as the executive branch reopening. Congress is a little confused about what they're doing as far as getting back to work. What do we know about what Congress expects from the agencies and what they want to know about what the agencies will do in getting back to work, coming back to the office? Well, first and foremost, they expect information about what's actually happening out there, what the plans are. And I think there's been a certain amount of frustration among certain members of Congress that they're not getting more information particularly from OPM, about what the situation is and what their plans are. So I think, like federal employees, they're looking for hard information on what specific plans are, what agencies are, what they're going to be told by the administration in terms of whether and when back. Leah, another one of the stakeholders here are the employee unions that represent the rank-and-file workers that will be coming back to these offices. The American Federation of Government Employees, in particular, has made a list of requests, demands, uh, expectations 
on behalf of their employees. What's on that list and how much of that is material that the agencies have already said we're going to do that when employees start to come back to work? Um, on the list are one thing that jumped out at me was that they really want to prioritize employee safety. And I think that's something that all the agencies also have in mind because it is their workforce after all. And um, I think one thing that they will work together on is the gradual rolling out of policies that are in line with what each agency's uh, business units are experiencing in their locality. So for example, um, I think that each agency will try and have their um, offices back in, in the office in accordance with local guidances. Leah Russell, Tom Shoup, Nicola Grisco, thanks very much for joining me in the Federal Beat this week. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Great to be with you. Don't forget, if you miss an episode of Government Matters, you can find it on our website, govmatters.tv. And you can get a preview of every one of our newscasts by signing up for our daily program guide. You just text GovMatters to the number 22828. I'm back in two minutes. That's the latest from Washington. Join me weeknights at 8 and 11 on WJLA 24-7 News and next Sunday morning at 1030 on ABC 7. Stay plugged in on issues that matter to the business of government. Thanks for watching. I'm Francis Rose. Thanks for listening. Our daily program is produced by Sharice Hanner and Ashley Gallagher. Christy Marriott leads our technical crew. Our web editor is Andrew Wagner. Government Matters was created by George Jackson. Visit govmatters.tv for articles, videos, and more, including our first feature-length documentary, The Dawn of Generation AI. Government Matters is recorded at WJLA-TV in Washington, D.C. Copyright Sinclair Broadcast Group.